Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, you guys, welcome uh, to our first plus edition of the Temple of Hoop. Uh, as I have mentioned uh, earlier on the timeline, and some of you may or may not have seen it, I am going to start recording a, a midweek episode uh, tailored around some subject of basketball. It might not be something going on. might be looking at NBA history, you know, something that dropped that day on a timeline, maybe not necessarily about what's going on in the, on in the league currently, just to talk basketball with different people I interact with on the timeline every day. Uh, this week we have a special guest. I have argued with him many a time on several subjects, so I'm looking forward to, to this particular one, which we have knocked heads with on several occasions. I am with my boy Josh Eberly of the host, co-host of the Dunks and Discourse pod. Josh, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm barely holding up. I was telling you, you know, pre-pod here, barely holding up after the first round of golf this year, but uh, I'm hanging in. Yeah, it that's going to be a nice summer, though. You know, COVID's on a downturn. At least out here, I hope it's looking good where you are. But uh, so hopefully, you can get out there and get and get that uh, handicap down. Do you have a handicap? Or are you just uh, yeah? We, we, we're not even there yet. Not even. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, okay. I, I was I was telling Josh earlier. My dad with my dad was a scratch golfer, so if, like the first thing I asked to make it seem like I know about golf is what's your handicap. So <laughs> that's my that's my ice breaking question for everybody who plays golf. Man, golf is so frustrating because like. I mean, if you get in the gym 20 times in a month and you, you dribble and shoot in a basketball, you're going to see results at the end of that month, unless unless you're a total moron. Right. But, like, you, 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 you can golf 60 times in the summer and then come back next summer and, and feel like you made no improvement. And I, I didn't golf quite that much last year, but, like, it's amazing how hard it is to turn the corner on golf. Right. And that's why I probably will never pick it up. I'll just enjoy it from afar and respect the difficulty. Anyway, while Josh is here, uh, we have a couple issues we want to discuss. Two things that kind of came to uh, my attention this past week that I'm really interested to to kind of, you know, box with Josh about here. The first, <laughs> the first thing is it's actually been a, like it's, it's happened a couple times on the timeline. Uh, me and Josh have differing opinions about uh, Tracy McGrady's kind of place 
in, in basketball history or where he stood uh, kind of at his peak. Uh, so we are, we are going to be respectful, but this is going to be a fun back and forth just talking about how we, you know, give us a chance to just kind of talk about where we feel, you know, T-Mac was at his peak and, you know, go from there. So, Josh, I'll let you kind of take this. The, the I think the way we butted heads was when you said T-Mac was at one point considered a, like a, you know, pitching hairs, splitting hairs with, with, with Kobe at one point. And uh, I, I disagree with that. So I'll let you go first and then, uh, you know, we'll start from there. So go ahead, man, take it away. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think a lot of the Tracy McGrady defense from my account <laughs> is because I, I see so much slander coming his way from people I know who never watched him in Orlando and they're like, oh, he never won out of the first round. He never got out of the first. And they have nothing else to say about it. They can't tell me one thing about his game. They don't even remember the 13-33. They got, they got nothing. They don't remember him cramming on Sean Bradley, nothing. But you know what? Like, the argument with him is the peak is short. And, like, I, I think when, when that conversation occurred, it's like there's that two-year span, I want to say 02-03, where I felt like McGrady was on par with anybody in the league. Like – Shaq had put on a little weight. Kobe had come up. Like Shaq and Kobe, I know a lot of Lakers fans would tell me Kobe was better 0203 than Shaq. I still think Shaq was probably the best player in the league. But it felt like Shaq, Duncan, Kobe, McGrady were all kind of in that conversation. And I think it's 03 when they finished top four in the MVP battle. Okay. Okay, well, is is Garnett not in that conversation at that time for you? Because I remember there was a, there was a point where I would I, Garnett was up there for me. Yeah, he, he he's probably in that mix too. And okay. then Dirk's not too far off. But like, I'm a I'm a I'm a Mavs fan. Dirk's my favorite player ever. Right. And I saw Dirk and McGrady in a playoff series, and, and McGrady was better. Like, I I just think, and that was after he left Orlando when he wasn't even at his peak. Right. Okay. So here's my thing with with, with T Mac. Um, I think history has definitely put you know rose colored glasses on when talking about him because I think people acknowledge that the injuries kind of robbed him of what we may have been able to see. My thing with T-Mac was he was great offensively. He he probably was, you know, not that far from Kobe, not that far from Kobe. My thing was defensively, he just never really cared. And I, he said in the interviews, I'm not necessarily more about cared, but I remember his saying, him basically saying he didn't play defense because if he didn't score, they didn't win. So he had to save his energy. I remember the inter- it was the interview in Orlando, you know, that if I don't score, we don't win uh, interview. And I just even just even beyond that, he never really played the other end of the floor. And that was, to me, was a big knock because I think that's what kind of separates, you know, MJ and Kobe on that shooting guard list from kind of the – and even Wade kind of behind them. I think that's the, that's the separator for those. Those guys could affect the games defensively when they wanted to. I never saw that from T-Mac. And there's, there's something else I want to go to, but go ahead. Respond to that, but there's something else I want to talk about, so go ahead. As I say, on, on the defense front, like, I, I kind of agree with you, okay. which is which is why, again, like on the timeline, it all seems <laughs> like we're, we're stabbing each other. Right. But like, I, like, mostly agree. But, like, similar to Kobe, Kobe's defensive peak – was when he wasn't in the high usage role, when he was still, I don't want to say proving himself, but when he was like 
hungry as hell, and he didn't have all the respect from the league yet. That was T-Mac, too. Like, T-Mac, when he wasn't getting to be the offensive guy in Toronto, that was probably the best defense that Tracy McGrady ever played. I agree. I agree. And then in the in the way that, like, Luca and Trey are both not good defenders, but you can put Luca in situations where he can be successful because of his size, I think that was also the case with Orlando Tracy McGrady. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't you know – uh, working his ass off to beat you defensively. <laughs> right. That that wasn't him, but he was still six eight, strong as hell. And like the game back then wasn't this constant cover as much ground as you can, moving off all of these screens. It was a lot more man to man defense. That's where true. you know with his with his size and strength, he wasn't at the disadvantage that he'd say he would be now, not bringing that same that same level of effort. So I just like, while he wasn't a great defender, and I think your point holds water. I don't think he was a liability or anything like that. Okay, that's like, and I and I'll agree that with his physical tools, it was probably more about effort than actual ability. So I, I, I will go with that there. The the next thing I want to talk about with T Mac is, you know, for for consistency, you know, for consistency's sake, just for myself, I know that playoff performance holds a lot of water for how I put guys in an all time, you know, scope. Um, I'm with you with T-Mac in the East. They were not better than that Detroit team. They got out 3-1 because he was playing out of his mind, and then he came down. Like, he really shot the ball bad those last three games. But I think Detroit would just realize, you know what? He's our only guy. We're not going to guard anybody else, and let's see what happens. And they came back from 3-1 after they, he pretty much ran rough shot over in elite defense. In the West, however, it's really two series that come to mind. Okay, they're up 2-0 uh, on your maps, right? Yes. That's, the, that's the dunk on Bradley series, right? Yes. Okay, they lose that in seven. He doesn't play great. He's not as, as at his prime physical self, so I'll give the, the uh, that's kind of a, you know, some, some bail there. And then was it the Utah Jazz they were up 2-0 and lost to as well? Yeah, it was in 08 or 07. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's like, you know, for a guy that talented to never leave the first round of the playoffs – I just does that does that not matter in the in the grand scheme of things of where you play? No, no, I'm gonna give you a chance for a but. I'm just saying in the grand scheme. I know it's a team game, but you know there are some. There's just some guys like okay, we expect him to do more. And my thing is, I hold Harden to somewhat of a standard, a standard, so I can't just not do it with T Mac just to be consistent. So you know, go ahead and respond to that. Yeah, but like to be fair, like Tracy McGrady probably isn't even a top fifty player of all time for me. Because that stuff matters in terms of like if we're building our pyramid, like you have to okay, win. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Like you have to win, you have to have a lot like the thing for me, like where I get caught with Kobe fans a lot, is I don't ever feel like Kobe was the best player in the league. Oh my but god. <laughs> I don't ever I don't ever feel like he was number one. But I feel like he was top five for like fifteen years. And building a body of work is what you need to do to be remembered all time. You have to have these samples where you collect these moments. And like we can nitpick all day. Was he number four or number two this year? Was he number one or number two? Doesn't matter. But like T Max window was like four years. That's the problem. So like to your point, we can go to the West in a sec, but we looked at the Eastern Conference. Like, man, Chris Bosch is up there. Like people say Kevin Garnett, but Kevin Garnett had more help than Tracy McGrady had. Oh, after that Boston team was loaded. Absolutely. Like the, the even Minnesota man compared to what T Mac had in Orlando, 
Grant Hill for 14 games, Daryl Armstrong, Pat Garrity, and baby Mike Miller. Come on. <laughs> okay, come, like, come on. And then, like, people were knocking the Pistons in my mentions the other day when this came up. Uh, didn't Detroit go to, like, six of the next seven conference finals? That was just an elite defensive team. They're not, they're not remembered because they're not aesthetically pleasing, but for that era, that team was just a bear to play against defensively. It's a really good team. Yeah. And and when he was at his like and this is the thing so when he was at his athletic peak and he had no real help in Orlando I know people don't like that no help <laughs> jargon I get it but like he led the league in playoff scoring those two years he and and, and I get that there's a combination of like you know, who else is going to do it right like but man it's not like he was going out there and hanging it up it's it's not like he was going out there and not performing. And I, I just think, like, yes, he didn't get out of the first round. We can't put him all the way up there on the pyramid. But if you swapped Kobe and, and McGrady in 2 as the Lakers go for that three-peat, was the talent that different? Was Kobe getting out of round one and the Lakers are, are losing the championship? I'm just going to – my rebuttal to this. See, this is <laughs> what irks me with uh, – They'll replace such and such with with such and such in any situation. I feel like this is me that those guys that you would say replace Kobe. You know, the, it was. Uh, I'm not saying you, but I've, I've seen Ray Allen, I've seen T Mac. You know, I've seen. Uh, I was who? Well, I forgot what the other names I've seen. Uh, Paul seen Pierce, probably. not huh? Pierce, no, not Paul. Somebody Pierce. said. No, somebody said Paul Pierce. Somebody legitimately said Paul Pierce. So. Wouldn't be me. Uh, Anybody listening to this pod knows me, knows that I hate that guy. <laughs> it's like the reverse McGrady effect. <laughs> so my thing is, I saw a series with Kobe, with uh, Shaq and Duncan in it, and Kobe was the best player on the floor. I just, I don't think you're getting that from, Vince Carter was the name I heard. Vince Carter was the name. Honestly, Vince Carter was the closest name I would take. If you're looking at talent and ability around the most of those guys, like Vince in his prime in Toronto, that's probably the closest I would take to that quote-unquote replace theory, but that's a different discussion. But there's, I don't think you can depend on those guys and say, hey, in a series with Tim Duncan and Shaq canceling each other out, can you be the best player on the floor? I just don't think you get that from, you know, these replace Kobe with, you know, X. So, again, I think this is the longevity thing. And, and like, I'm really trying to pay Kobe a compliment. Like, I, 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 I think that you're right. For for from I don't know oh one oh four oh five oh six oh seven oh eight oh nine ten eleven twelve I think you're right but I think for oh two and oh three you could make that swap with McGrady. Okay, I think I see. So your angle is at the absolute peak. Yes. You know, against where Kobe was at that time, you think it was just a not much of a difference. Yes, and that's the that's the thing with Twitter, man, where you get straw man. It's like I'm not saying that Tracy is better than Kobe. I'm not saying he's higher on the pyramid. I'm not saying he's playing Kobe at a gym. I'm saying that the talent level was close enough for this Lakers team that also had arguably the best player in the world on it that you could make that trade. I think it was close enough. And you're right on Vince, by the way. There's a reason that Toronto chose Vince. Vince was like second year in the league, averaging 27, most athletic player in the game, shooting 40% from three. He was unfucking believable. It's too bad. That's funny because if with that with the line the way the NBA is right now, they keep both and just play them at the two and the three. That's crazy how you felt like you had to choose back then. That, but it was it, it was Tracy though. Tracy okay. didn't want to play with his cousin. Like I, didn't did not. I did not. I did not know that. Okay. 
like, I mean, I, I, Toronto made their own mistakes with Vince Slater, but, like, for whatever reason, like, Tracy just didn't want to. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. A four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Be next to Vince, which oh. is too bad, because if those guys had stuck together, man. That'd have been special. That'd be yeah, would have been nice. Okay, so I, I, I get what you're saying. Josh, even though he blew my mind away with the, you know, replaced Kobe with thing, they still want to change. I, I understand what he's saying. He's saying at the absolute peak, he feels like it was negligible between – yeah, and again, I, I get if Kobe's your guy, you're like, <laughs> shut the hell up. I see people all the time who are like, that. I'm going to snuff you out, man. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to find you. I'm gonna snuff you. And I'm like, man, if we could just get on the phone, I feel like I could break this down and you wouldn't want to kill me. You might not like me, but you wouldn't want to kill me. Like, but You know what? That's why, you know, you start to get a little tiny bit of followers on Twitter. I can't quote tweet like I want to because I was like, do I really want this guy to just get harassed by – you know, 75 body counts and the faith player, faceless player Abbeys. <laughs> I know you see it. You go through the exact same stuff I do with, like, <laughs> fake Abby Twitter, where someone with, like, a Jimmy Neutron avatar is telling you they're going to kill you. Right. I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. Okay. Jimmy so. N6546, come on. Okay. So my question with you um, for T-Mac, I'm asking this. Let's, let's, let's project a little bit. Had he stayed healthy – where do you think he projects all time or what would have been his peak? Had you, had he stayed healthy, given what you had seen, you know, you saw the couple, you know, playoff fumbles, but you saw the enormous talent led the league in scoring. Where do you, where, where, where do you put him if he's able to kind of stay hey, this, up by four? This, this is the good question because this is the one yeah. that would get me in trouble. Well, for, like, eight, uh, for a good eight to 10 years, if he's giving you good eight to 10 years, where do you put him? Man, okay, I got three things here. One, <laughs> one, the whole thing with, like, the replace theory is that because it's a team sport, you kind of got to imagine, like, what if he got the best-case scenario instead of the bag of what-ifs, okay? So in this, in Grant, this scenario, Grant Hill and the, uh, you know, what if, what if him, him and Vince decided that they were the best of friends instead of, like, it was an awkward who's who dynamic? What if Grant Hill is not broken? What right. if Doc Rivers lets Tim Duncan's old lady – Come on the plane, and Tim Duncan and Tracy are playing in Orlando together. What if his body doesn't break down in Houston? What if Yao's healthy? Like, there's a lot of things for Tracy. Wow, now that you mentioned that is a lot of – damn, that's bad luck. <laughs> that's a lot of bad – those names you mentioned with the injuries and the, the gaffle, the, the fumbled free agent uh, pitches, that's a lot. There's a lot of what-ifs, man. There's a lot of what-ifs. Like, even that, that year against Dallas, like they were up 2-0, then Dallas wins the next three – it's game six, okay, winner go home. And Tracy had like 37-8-7, and no one else in the starting lineup even scored 10 points. 
Yao had like eight. <laughs> David Wesley had like five. I'm like, my God, man, the guy had tremors. It just followed him. But to this point, though two years ago when Harden was doing his thing, averaging like 36 points a game in the league, and and I, I have dis- if I have disrespected anyone on Twitter the last five years, it's James Harden. I watched him and I was like, I just I don't care what the stats tell me, and I'm a pretty stats fluent guy. I just will never ever fucking believe that James Harden is better at basketball than Tracy McGrady. I just can't. I just can't do it. I see I see James Harden out there with the gut doing weird foul stuff, and I remember Tracy just cutting through the lane, like dribble drive, three defenders pulling up from anywhere. I'm like, no, Tracy's a better player. So I think Tracy being that top thirty, if he got to be healthy his whole career. That's actually that's actually saying I, I was thinking you're gonna say something like top, you know, fifteen, top twenty. I thought you were going there. I think he's like in the Wade Harden range, like yeah. that twenty five to thirty five. If that's where guys have because there's a guy I feel like would be top fifteen, top twenty. If you say, and that was Penny Hardaway for me. I just feel like he was un, un, unbelievable and just was was magic with athleticism. That's just where I I've heard a lot of people say that. I didn't. I haven't seen. I didn't get to see enough of him. But like I've heard a lot of people say that. I also people say that about Brandon Roy. No, come on. Brandon Roy was nice. He was. He's not. He wasn't like that. But you know they do that for everybody's hurt. Even Rose. I feel like they do that for Derrick Rose. Like you really want to project forward and like assume that they get a little bit better every every year. But like Rose's game was so so holstered in athleticism, and he didn't really learn to shoot until the last couple years. Yeah, but I think I think well watching Westbrook kind of hang in there and still be effective, and I think Rose was a smarter version of that. Like remember remembering Rose, Rose was a much more heady kind of he 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 like not as far as like he would try anything jumping wise, which wasn't safe. But as far as decision making throughout a game, I, I I like Rose more than Westbrook's. So I just I think I think he if he stayed upright, I think you know and learning how to shoot later on in his career, which you know happens to a lot of guards, I think he'd have been okay. I think we've reached the point too, though, where like we almost underrate like Westbrook's motor for a decade. Yes, I got. That's so I, I tweeted that I was like, you know what? Of all the stuff I give Westbrook to watch him come out, you know, watch the Laker Wizards game early to watch him come out and play like this. That's hard over the not really at twelve, thirteen years in. Like this is unbelievable. As hard as he goes when he's out there, and I gotta respect that just from a fan consumption standpoint. And, and I don't like that, especially in a year where everyone's talking about how the regular season doesn't matter. Well, the regular season doesn't matter anymore. My guy is, like, absolutely bleeding for the 10th seed. Well, <laughs> right. Like, he's trying. Right. He's trying. Like, I, I get, like, Russ Steph should never have been a conversation. Some people are still upset about that. And there's some I mean, other There's been an overcorrection. Like, there's been an overcorrection. Yes. I, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right, we got that squared. The T-Mac conversation <laughs> happened. We're good. We're going to stay off of Josh. You feel me? Yo, I don't, I don't, I, if you can, if you can do, if you and Jabari, like if I could just cozy up to a few more people in the California area and try to make up for some past sins, that would be, uh, right. I'll feel safe coming to Disneyland in a few years, I guess. Actually, the T-Mac thing was the only thing that we had on the docket, you know, save some, you know, a little bit of banter going here and there, but two days ago, of course, so Dr. J is on somewhere and he releases his top 10 players of all time. And I don't think there's anybody who played in the beyond the year 2000, <laughs> 2000 on it. Or Malone's his young gun. I think Malone, Malone was the young gun, right? Yeah. So <laughs> obviously, you know, we're not going to argue the list. We both disagree with the list. Uh, 
you know, I think we both would have LeBron on that first five. Uh, I don't know. Josh maybe has Kobe 17th all time, so Kobe <laughs> might not be in Josh's. Uh, <laughs> we, we need to come back on another time. We have a lot more, and let's do Kobe. Right. I mean, T Mac was civil. I feel Kobe <laughs> wouldn't be civil. Right. So, you know, LeBron was the big omission for me, obviously. I think it's impossible to. I just, you know, to keep LeBron out of your 10, he's, I think he's a Mount Rushmore guy, bare minimum. Uh, keep him out of 10 is borderline blasphemous at this point, given the longevity and the accomplishments. Um, no Kobe, uh, no Duncan in the 10. I was like, there's no Shaq. It was just a lot I didn't agree with. But I'll say this. Um, a lot of the – what I threw Bill was like, I didn't mind it coming from Dr. J because I know a lot of old school guys – they're on the defensive now because of how their era is perceived by the media. My only problem with that is Dr. J projected that disrespect onto LeBron, who, who, who hasn't done anything to disrespect those guys, opposed to the source. And that was where, you know, I agree with people getting upset with it. Like, you projected that disrespect to this generation onto that, to, you know, who's not guilty of, you know, disrespecting you. So where are you with you know that whole issue? I know you, I know the list it was yeah. way off to you, but where are you with that with this kind of old NBA generation versus the new NBA generation? Where are you with with that whole relationship? I I skipped over the whole list. I was like I don't even care. You can pick whoever you want on your list. Like you didn't even have to put LeBron on the list. I don't even care, man. You could put Tracy McGrady on the list. That would have been fine. But but the problem was like the reasoning. I just saw that stupid quote. Yeah, and the, I super, the super team. <laughs> yeah, I get caught, man. I see these like ESPN Bleacher Report, and I know what the deal is. I know they're trying. That's just a hook. They just want you to come tweet about it. But like, I, I couldn't help it, man. Like the idea that LeBron is somehow a lesser all-time great because he got tired of waiting for management to put a team around him is so stupid. And I remember, I remember being a teenager and being like, "Oh, he sucks! What a coward! Why are you running?" <laughs> And then you think about it and you're like, if the goal is winning and you tell someone every day since they're 15 or 16 years old that you're supposed to be the greatest ever, but you can't be the greatest ever unless you win championships. And then you go back and you watch Jordan because he was your guy coming up. And you're like, oh, man, he is Scottie Pippen. Who do I got? Booby Gibson. Shit, I should go somewhere. I should do something. <laughs> I get it, man. Like, Why are you mad at him for that? It's just stupid. And then it's like the Sixers in 82 – Right. Like I'm a pretty big NBA historian. Right? Oh, like <laughs> I did a ton of stuff like when I was coming up and I was just blogging. Like I always wanted to take the historical articles instead of like who wore what to the game. That wasn't my bag. It's not nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't my bag. 82, this team goes to the finals, man. Like the Sixers are a damn good team. Julius Irving's come out of the ABA. He's won a couple MVPs in the ABA. But like guys are still like, man, is Julius Irving nice or Nice, nice. Like, we don't know because he hasn't right. done it with the Sixers. But, I mean, they're in the finals. They lose. They get Moses Malone in the offseason. <laughs> and he's got people, like, I think it's ML Carr on the Celtics, literally calls him up and tells him. And they hate each other, apparently. They didn't have a good relationship. It's like, well, this is stupid. They just gave you, they just gave you the championship. Like, they, they I grabbed the – I remember that, yeah. They grabbed the reigning MVP. That year – Moses wins MVP again. Julius is an all-star. Mo Cheeks is an all-star. Andrew Tony is an all-star. And Bobby Jones, who's still on the roster, was an all-star the year prior. They, of course, win the championship. My God, man, that's a fucking super team. You had five all-stars on it. What, like, you, you had a super team before LeBron was born. So, like, what are we doing? 
it's just it's just a dumb talking point. I think the issue is, and I think people are you know losing this in siding with management. Is the issue for me that I see the the the, the problem people have it is this illusion of well this was organic, and I think that is what people I was and it's an illusion it's completely fake. I was like no. They just, you know, did it on their own instead of doing it with ownership. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's no, it's no, it does. I think the 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 process does the process really matter? I, I well, <laughs> so like, I, I I'm honestly like, if if you're saying as a fan, it adds something to it that like you came up with these guys and you saw them struggle and the team drafted them and they had to earn it. I get right. it. I think that's part of the reason, like, you love Brandon Ingram so much because you saw people talk shit about him. <laughs> you saw him get over those hurdles. You know, like, you, there's, there, there's, I don't know, beauty in the struggle or whatever the saying is. I get that. Are you, are that you, are you, are you a J. Cole fan? That's a yeah. J. Cole. <laughs> but that being said, I did, I did see the album might be coming out today. I, I, something, something new. Um, that being said, though, man, like, at the end of the day, like, why is a general manager making a championship team okay but a player organizing a championship team is not okay like it, the logic just doesn't hold that's what i'm saying the, like, i don't think the the source matters like, i think that this the end game did you put a good team together and you know i think that's like obviously lebron you know changed the game with that stretch point forward thing i think his biggest legacy is you know in a career full of you know high-end stuff he's accomplished is he is the pioneer of like true player empowerment yeah. Like you don't have to stay in that situation that stings. I think about so many, and I, LeBron had me, you know, thinking about so many players in their career who just stayed with garbage organizations for no reason. I think like Mitch Richmond with the Kings, just giving them their, <laughs> he's the second best shooting guard in the NBA to Michael Jordan, and nobody knows who he is because he's played just un, like stupidly loyal to Sacramento. I remember the look back like, why? Was <laughs> like, which- was it was it which Lakers team did he hop on and grab the chip on at the end of was it uh, the first one ninety nine two thousand the first one yeah. so it was like you know that guy was the second best shooting guard in the NBA for a, a, a seven years behind Michael Jordan you know twenty five points a game efficient scoring all three levels just, you just decided to stay in Sacramento for some reason like this I think LeBron shattered kind of shattered that mold and was like you know you got to do what's best for you so I I, I think that's you know and that rubs a lot of the former generation the wrong way. Mr. Halliburton, if you're out there listening, I don't know. There might be a lesson there for you. Uh, you know what, though? Like, the thing is, too, like, that is Braun's legacy. And, like, some people take that as, like, a knock. Like, it's not taking away from That's anything in the game. It's just, like, that is, like, say what you want to say, go where you want to go, do what you right, want to do. Your right. career is only so long. But, like, he's not the first guy to ask out or, like, request a trade. Like, Wilt, Wilt was doing that. Charles Barkley was doing that. Like, the whole Charles Barkley has been on the same way for forever. Like, I hate super teams. I hate guys who want to play together. The guy literally forced his way out of Phoenix to go play with the team. And I'm like, and I know they were older. About but I'm they like, were 100 years old in basketball years. <laughs> but I'm just still like, I mean, you had an opinion. You forced your way out. You wanted to go play with another star. The only thing is you 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 sat on that too long and you right. didn't get to do it in your prime. Right? So if anything, you lose points here. Like I don't understand. I don't know. It, it's just it's always when you hear the super team thing, it's always just to denigrate what LeBron's done, and that that's the thing that rubs me the wrong way. Like if you if you want to say you enjoy whatever championship because of however the hell it's made, fine. Who am I to tell you how to enjoy basketball? 
But the idea that like this is somehow a knock on LeBron's career or legacy is stupid. Just stupid. I agree. So, and then that that that's that's fair. Uh, that, that's a fair stance. My my, I want to talk to you about this. How do you feel about this? Because you're a big voice on you know NBA Twitter, um, and you know, do you watch do you watch NFL at all? Or oh yeah, baseball. Man. Okay, I just when I when I'm you know interacting on those spaces or in that environment on Twitter, I don't see the generational you know headbutting about eras in any other sport or not to this level like it is in basketball? Why do you think that is? That's a good question, man. Honestly, I don't know. I don't, I don't follow baseball well enough to comment on But, yeah, you're right. I can't think – like, the NFL, I don't I don't see that at all. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like why, why do you why, – like, why do you think that is about is – because even, like, the whole the whole theory of, like, well, we everybody wants to say that what they watched was better. I'm like, but that doesn't happen in other sports. Like, why specific to basketball is it's this so – this era was terrible. They played against plumbers. You know, you guys have it soft. This deep, these these rules are making it easy for you guys to score. Like you don't see that in any other sport. And football has had drastic changes, and you still don't see the headbutting between eras like you do with basketball. Do you have like a theory about why you know that is? <laughs> I have a couple thoughts, but I do <laughs> struggle to like. So like Eddie Eddie Johnson, if you know him, yeah, Eddie does color for the yeah. Suns. Yeah, he, I like him. He, I like him. Yeah, and like. Honestly, him and Justin Terminator are the only reason I still have NBA radio on Sirius. They, they have a great show. <laughs> um, they go back and forth. But Eddie, Eddie will talk about all the time that like he can't believe he can't believe like the money in basketball today. <laughs> and and he'll he'll talk about like in his career, like he made less in his career than some of these guys are making in a year. And it's like, and he had, he scored like I think almost twenty thousand points or something ridiculous like that. He played a lot of years. So I think there's like an envy factor in like how much these guys got paid over a very fast period of time relative to, like, guys who are in the league for a long time and really good and didn't make close to that much money. Nah. And then I think also maybe it's it's part of the player empowerment. Like, athletes weren't quite treated the same in the 80s and the 70s as they are now. And the fact that, like, you can have a voice and be a personality and have a brand and, like, these things – weren't available. I don't, I don't want to put it all on NB, and I don't think that's different from other sports, but, like, based on some of the, the comments that have been made the last however many years, even from guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, whose legacy is so safe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like anyone's like, oh, Kareem wasn't even good. Right. But, I, I mean, I, I, I do think there's a factor there, so I, I don't know. Right. I just I – just, I think a lot of those guys are getting defensive. Like I said, I don't, it's not even the players the, – the, player, the players today – are generally respectful, you know, of, of, you know, they, they understand the, the, the legacy that the guys before them laid down for the NBA to become, you know, how it was or how it is today. But it's more so the, 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 the media, the, the media to me is the most disrespectful of, of older generations. Well, I, like I, I don't watch those, uh, the first take first things first no. undisputed. Like I, I, I don't know. Cut yeah. that garbage out years ago. It's just not healthy for anything, but I see I, the clips. And those guys have such big platforms, and the stuff they say is very disrespectful to, to older guys. And I think a lot of those guys are on the on the on the defensive now, you know, about you know where they stand in history. And those guys, those guys are competitors too, you know. I I can't think of a single example of a current player being like, oh, actually that guy was trash or <laughs> he was overrated. And like I've interviewed a lot of players, and when you ask players, they usually don't want to tell you. 
because they know that that'll get aggregated and it'll cause problems. And they, <laughs> they don't even want to say that. Like the only guys who talk to you about that are retired guys anyway. But like, I hate, I hate Stephen A. I hate Skip. <laughs> I hate all those. I literally saw you tweeting the other day about Stephen A. Yeah, reaching into Andrew Wiggins' pocket. And so then I went to look this up and I saw it and I, I deleted the tweet. I was like, I made a deal with myself. I'm not going to tweet about Skip. I'm not going to tweet. I'm not going to perpetuate this. But like for real, I bet Stephen A. doesn't have a single person in Wiggins' camp. Like this, like the whole thing is like Wiggins is having a career year. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, has he watched the Warriors game? <laughs> like, I, I understand he's still not a great player. He's never going to be a number one overall pick that you were like super proud of. He's had his bad moments. But this idea that he doesn't compete, like the guy shooting career high percentages, his defense has been noted all year long. Like, give credit where credit's due. Like, he's not going to be Michael Jordan but he's probably been the best version of himself to date. And we got talk show hosts telling him that he doesn't even like basketball still. And I'm like, <laughs> that, what the hell, man? Like, it's just it's it's so disrespectful. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just very, in general, It's that's a great point about just how the discourse is on the on the major platforms. But, you know, the the, the slime, stale, slime sales, right? That's kind of what, what goes on there. And unfortunately, well, you, that's going to be the, the legacy of, you know, that's the thing when people say media, though. When they say media, I'm like, that's true. That's very, that's very, that's it's, very broad. It, it's so vast. Are we talking about Stephen A? Are we talking about Howard Beck? Are we talking about <laughs> some guy who has a Patreon for eight dollars a month that takes screen and roll clips and tells you who the best? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it's just so broad. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I don't get myself in trouble and upset some people, but like, I don't know. I, I think Scalp O'Brien. Yeah. Scalp. Hit, hit you up in the DMs. Oh, that's the last time you ever mentioned on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusive content. Exclusive. All right. All right, y'all. We ain't going to hold y'all. We just want to tap in and discuss those few things with Josh. Make sure you follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Eberly. Follow and subscribe to his podcast, Dunks and Discourse, with the homie Jabari. They are hilarious. They cover basketball, pop culture, a lot of random things. I was on there once. I love it. Tap into that. Make sure you follow, subscribe this podcast, follow, subscribe, rate, give us feedback. You know, we'd like to talk back to you. Um, anything you want to say, Josh, before we get out of here, man? No, oh, man, appreciate you having me on. Have to do it again sometime. Yeah, man, thank you for tapping in. Appreciate you, Josh. And we are out of here. You guys be safe. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.